Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome along to uh, Friday, a post-luncheon period. It's John Hindoff and the rest of the IMSA Radio crew at beautiful WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, and we'll kick off the afternoon session with the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. It's their second free practice session. If you're listening in around the track, I hope you have lunched well and that you're trying to stay out the sunshine a little bit. Make sure you do hydrate. If you're further afield, what is it, just after... At 10 o'clock in the UK, an hour beyond that in Europe. Friday evening, settling down perhaps with uh, your favourite snacks and uh, an adult beverage or two. Settle in for an afternoon of fine track action uh, from here on the Monterey Peninsula. It's all set to go. We've got a decent line of TCR cars in particular right in front of us, ready to go out in about 50 seconds' time, in our 40 seconds' time now. Let's check in down in the pit lane with our reporter, Shea Adam, and she can give us an update on what's going on. It's very warm out here, John, but one guy who's calm, cool, and collected, and partly because he's wearing a portable uh, cool suit, James Vance, race winner last time out. How good was it to finally get that W in the column? Uh, you know, these fast MD Speed Syndicate guys did a great job all season. I've been doing a great job all season, and, uh, you know, they, they all deserved it. Um, I feel like we uh, we could have cracked it a couple other times throughout the season, but it wasn't meant to be, but VIR, I, I feel like it was ours. I'm sitting about a foot away from you, and I can feel the coolness coming off of this uh, this system that Nick Galante has developed. Now, I'm assuming he knows that you're borrowing this while he's in the car for this second practice session. But what kind of a difference does it make when you're actually able to keep yourself cool before you get in the race car? To be honest, I think it's changed everything for me this year. I, I never used to believe in cool suits whatsoever. I used to think, oh, you know, like, I'll just grind it out, I'll iron man it, whatever. This year, after Connecticut, after Lime Rock, after we had that crazy heat there, I started using it, and it's unbelievable. It, uh, it allows you to kind of just focus on what you need to focus on rather than worry about being warm and hot and overheating. Nick's home track coming here to WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, a track he won out last year in the ST class. How much uh, extra egging on have you used for him this weekend now that you guys have that win to try and keep the streak alive? Yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we've got a really strong race car here this weekend. We've got a ton of support from the Racing to End Alzheimer's Foundation, Phil Franks, and everyone out here in California. Uh, Nick's family friends have come out and waved, so it's it's really great to feel that support. Um, but in terms of uh, going forward this weekend, I think I think we've got a strong car to contend with. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all boils down to in the last 20 minutes of tomorrow's race. Good luck tomorrow, and uh, don't turn into a snowman today, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Shay. If only that was the case. Adam down there in the pit lane. Welcome to the IMSA broadcast. Peter Tyler Cook, how are you doing this afternoon? Not too bad. Another sunny day in California. There are worse things than being... It doesn't get boring. Well, I was going to say, there's worse things than being at a racetrack <laughs> in Southern California with a bit of sunshine, uh, except for the fact that you're a race driver and why are you with a car at the moment? Uh, yeah, our, our team uh, folded uh, about a week and a half ago, the Europarts team. So just walking around, you know, Seeing people I know, seeing teams I know, and 
just trying to create stuff for next year. What's what's the situation with that? Is that is that done done at he done? And you guys are free agents now. Uh, for this year, yes. Um, I'm not sure what he wants to continue on, uh, but for this year, yeah, we're all we're all out of cars. I know Ryan Nash is running the uh, Alfa Romeo, yeah. uh, the red car. So good for him. Really happy to see him in a car, and the rest of us are all just looking for rides right now. Always disappointing to be a racing driver not in a racing car. Must be even more frustrating when it's circumstances completely outside of your control. Yeah, it, it doesn't hit you until you come over the crest of the hill and you see the the race cars on track and you're like, yeah, I'm I'm not in that. <laughs> uh, so that that's when it that's when it hits close to home. But you know, it's you brought your license though, right? Oh, of course, helmet, suit. I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> that's what I want to hear. So if anybody listening now who needs a driver for whatever reason this weekend, then Tyler is here. Look him up. Um, what's the plan? What was what was going to be the plan? for next season anyway and, and how has that potentially changed with the th- circumstances of EU reports and and EU reports racing EU reports the the parts people and EU reports racing the racing both having having gone under has that changed your plans for next year was that where you were hitching your wagon to anyway um i was trying to work things out with them uh to to help build the program a little bit but unfortunately it just it wasn't panning out the way that we thought um, so it's not hindering on what I want to do next year. I mean, it puts a dampers on a damper on things not being able to, you know, finish out the year. Um, but you know, you just have to focus on next year. It, it, welcome being an athlete. Welcome being in sports. You know, nothing's ever really given to you. You have to work for it. So that's what that's what all of us have to do right now. I talked to uh, Ken a bit in the pits and. That's Ken Cook, one of your teammates, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty much doing the same thing. He's just walking around here and and just we're just trying to hope for the best and find out what we can do. Well, you know, out of sight, out of mind. I mean, you know, I'm sure your tickets were already booked to come here in any case, but you know, well done on following up on that because uh, if you're not at the racetrack, uh, particularly as John was saying, you know, without your helmet, then you're not going to get a ride. So if you are here, at least there is a possibility. But more than that, it's just an opportunity, is it not, to just to uh, to connect to other people around the paddock who you probably haven't had a chance really to see this year. Yeah, it's it's been one of the coolest things, you know, able to actually go up and talk to people and and have meetings with people that you don't really actually get to see when you're in the driver's suit because you have so much going on uh, with the car, with the data, with everything like that. So, I mean, you know, like I say, it, it does nothing to sit on your couch and, and watch life go by. You always have to make stuff happen. So, Correct. so I want to make sure I was out here and, and seeing people I know and meeting people I don't. I, I, the extra frustrating part of it from your point of view is TCR in IMSA, uh, Michelin Pilot and GS, two very, very competitive championships and have really grown in the last couple of years. And this year seems to have gone to a, a whole other level. Yeah, it's it's a tough class. I mean, doing uh, doing some testing, racing over in Europe and then coming back to you know the GS class here, it's some heavy competition. You, you look at the names that we have in the field and it's it's some it's some big hitters. Um, so it's it's really cool to see the series grow. I mean, you know, back when I ran the SC days, when I look from the SC days to now, I mean, it's it's night and day. IMS has done a wonderful job making this a true international association, and I'm very pleased to be a part of it. And uh, I'm hoping I'm a part of it more next year. Well, as we watch the times come in, and we'll, we'll let everybody get into the groove. Robin Liddell just bouncing at the top there for a moment. And then the next time I look, he's in third position because Owen Trinkler in the 46 Mercedes AMG and Trent Hinman in that bright highlight, the yellow Porsche 718 Cayman GT4 Club Sport, the 
uh, Volt Racing Car both gone through. There's Trinkler back into second again. This is people getting getting into it. This circuit is a track that all drivers love because it's the one, as Shea said it earlier on, actually, it's the one that everybody played on the video games. It's the one that you kept coming back to and trying to get the perfect lap. But actually out there in a car, drivers make a difference here and good drivers can make a big difference here. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the one of the coolest battles I have at this track was uh, Eric Foss and I in the ST, ST battle. Uh, it was the last 15 minutes of the race, and we're sliding the cars off of every corner, and it, it just came down to driver, no equipment, and that's what this track does. You know, the, the pavement's so old that the tires wear down so quick, so you you have to learn how to drive through that and keep the car up to pace and, and keep it up front. Um, it, this track can really bite you and, and move you backwards faster than it goes forward. It's a common misconception from people watching motor racing who aren't involved is if you can crank a bit of downforce on and get, get a bit more mechanical grip, that actually saves your tyres. The car moving around is what wears the tyres out. Yeah, I mean, you know, there reaches a point with the tyres that nothing you're going to add to it does anything. You're just... <laughs> You're on a black ice rink at the end of the day, and you have to make the best of it you can. You know, that's what these guys are doing in practice right now. You're trying to ultimately set up the car for the end of the run because new tires are magic. <laughs> they're, they're a kid in a candy store. When you get new tires, it's the best thing this world's ever seen. But anybody can be fast on new tires. It takes a true team, true car, true driver to be fast on the old tires, which which is a lot of what a lot of these guys are trying to figure out right now. And these GS cars make no bones about it. All right, they've got aerofoils on, so is the TCRs. Um, these are proper racing cars. Both of these categories are proper racing cars. For most of them, in fact, I think all of them now, they never started life as a street car and then have been transformed. They, they've come from the manufacturer, built up as a race car. So, so what are you adjusting here? What are you talking to your team about in one of these GS cars, the GT4 cars at the front of the field? What are you doing through this session? Well, you don't want to make a ton of adjustments throughout the session. You know, you, you don't want to throw big, sw big swings at the car because then you put yourself so far out of a box that you never come back into it. You know, these guys are going to be adjusting shocks if they need to, shock settings, camber. Um, sorry, not camber. <laughs> camber settings you don't really want to do on pit road. Um, you want to just rebound compression, things like that. Those are minor changes. And that's looking for what we call mechanical grip. That's grab grip that the suspension and the tires are giving you that's mechanical grip yeah exactly and you know you can actually find out with certain you know certain changes on the shock the x might might need a different spring on the car so that you can figure that out in this type of session too um if you keep doing changes on shocks and nothing's happening you know then you realize okay we, we have to make a, a bigger change something um, more radical yeah like at uh at vir we we made a couple wing changes that really we noticed some some advantage on straightaway but we lost a lot through the uphoses so here you know this track doesn't have a, a long straightaway so you can actually put a lot of wing into the car and try to get as much aero grip as you can as well um there's a lot of people could say that as tyler cook by the way is in the IMSA broadcast booth with us there's a lot of people gonna say hang on not got a long straightaway you come out of the final corner at turn 11 and then effectively until you break for the Andretti hairpin, which is effectively turn two, because there's a kick that's turn one. That's a long straightaway, but it's, I mean, do you even get top gear here? Well, so you come out of that left-hander in second gear, and you accelerate all the way down. I think your max speed is like 115, 120. Might be a little faster now. Um, so you're not you're not getting anywhere near what we're doing at VAR, Road America, even Lime Rock. I mean, Lime Rock, you know, we're 
hitting six gear right before the brakes on a turn one. Right. I think here you're. And what's you're, that about 135, 140? I want to say about yeah 140. 140. Yeah. Um, you know, Lime Rock's really fast track. You're going through the last corner at about 105, 110. You yes. know, it's it's a very fast track. You're going through this corner at second second gear, just waiting for the car to turn. So it just takes a while for you to get up to speed down the straightaway. So that's why, you know, leveling out the wing, make sure it's flat is not you know, crucial here. You want to make sure you have the grip here because this track changes each session. I remember, you know, last year you're, we were almost chasing the car every session because it changed. It changed every session with the sand moving in and, and the wind and the temperature. You know, tomorrow is going to be 20 degrees cooler. Yeah. So a lot of what they're figuring out today might actually change a little bit tomorrow. Yeah, very good points. And it's interesting, isn't it, Tyler, also to see the difference in lap times between this morning uh, and this afternoon. Uh, it, it's uh, There's more rubber laid down since this morning, but it's also hotter out there as well. And we saw in the Lamborghini sessions, did we not, John, that times were probably maybe half a second slower this afternoon than they were this morning. And uh, World Tech Raceway Laguna Seca is always kind of notorious, isn't it, for for, for conditions changing and lap times, you're, lap times you're looking at being relevant or not. Yeah, I mean, you know... Right now, we, we're at probably the hottest point of the day, so this track is just super greasy. You know, yes, there's a lot of rubber down, but all that rubber is turning into, you know, a greasy nature where these cars are really struggling for grip. Um, you know, typically, most of these teams will probably start with stickers at the beginning of this practice and then, you know, see what the car does throughout the 45-minute stint because a 45-minute stint is it's a, it's a stint for fuel. You, uh, you've got to be so careful, haven't you, that as a pro driver, you know, as... Hard car. Looked like the hard car's just gone off for turn six and is moving slowly. And I just heard that moving, we had the, that's good. the fastest car in this session, the Trent Hinman Porsche, into the pits with a bit of a brake fire as well, left front. Um, you know, oh, the championship leader. Championship leader has lost a right rear wheel. Now, is that a puncture? Is that the whole wheel gone? This is the 39 car Bon Audi we're talking about, second in this session for Jeff Westfall. And that was coming out through the corkscrew. Now, I'm putting two and two together and making 126, but two cars moving slowly on that area. Has there been a coming together with the Hart car and the the 39, the red, white, and black Honda? Did seem to be some bits of bodywork coming off the Honda. We'll check that for you as soon as we can. Shit, Adam is down in the pit lane. Shea, what can you tell us? Uh, looks like Jaws has struck again as the left front of that hard Honda is missing. That's some significant damage, and I'm just down here waiting for a carbon for the championship leader to come back in and see what damage there is to that portion of the 39 Audi. And remember, this team doesn't normally run two cars on a race weekend. They have two this weekend, and typically the ones where they've run more than one car haven't gone exactly according to plan. Looks like coming together at turn six there, Liz lady and gentlemen uh, with some bodywork lying on the racing line there we'll keep an eye on that turn six one of the i think one of the most tough corners in motor racing never mind just here at weathertech raceway laguna circuit tyler cook in the booth with us absolutely no reference point as you come up to that in terms of braking turning in there's a big gap between either side of the track okay you've got the countdown markers but if one of those gets clobbered and disappeared you you're in real trouble there. You're doing it from muscle memory. Yeah, I mean, typically in this series, you're you're going to miss those boards more more often than not. You know, there's there's a lot of argy bargy in this this series, so you can't really uh, you can't really go off the one two board there. You have to go off yeah muscle memory, the feel. Um, you have the curbing on the right. You know, there, there's little marks that could potentially help you on the right. 
Um, but you know, it's like uh, the corkscrew. There's that one tree, yes. and if they tear down, tear that tree down, we are all screwed. <laughs> You're all yeah. it off. Everybody's going to be wanted up. <laughs> Fourth tree along, isn't it? That's what everybody always says. Sheer, what can you tell us about the uh, potential coming together? Do okay. you have any physical evidence down there that we can place before the courts? We have a shard of red carbon fibre bodywork wedged into the right front Michelin uh, at such an angle that it's actually separating the tire from the rim. There are red streaks down the right-hand side of this number 39 Audi. And then the right rear tire is barely on the rim. And there's a large hole in the right rear side of the car where I can see clearly into the radiator. Red flag is out. Yeah, doesn't surprise me at all. This will be for the debris. Just coming out of turn six. You don't want that to cut down a, a tire. Tyler Cooks with Jeremy Sean and me, John Hindoff, in the booth. Uh, we, we were talking about this circuit, this track, Two and a quarter miles, but very busy track. Yes, you've got the front front straight. Where then do you want the car to be good? I know you want the car to be good everywhere, but motor racing isn't like that. You have to have a compromise. So if you're cranking on as much downforce as possible, cranking on as much wing as possible, that means drag. That's going to cost you top speed a little bit, but it's not super quick, as you've said. Which part of the circuit do you want the car to be really good on, to be competitive in qualifying? And is that the same as you wanted in the race? Well, you, you want a car that has to grunt coming off a corner. So um, I know the Mustangs are pretty strong coming out of the last corner. And it, it helps you get down this front straightaway into a big passing zone. You know, turn two, which it's so weird to call that turn two. And the, the crest of the hill is turn one. Uh, but turn two is a big passing zone uh, for the for the series. There's a lot of over-under passing there. You know, the guy can, can dive down the inside of you. And then he washes up to the right. And then you over-under over him down to the left. Um, you know, you want to just make sure you have as much mid-corner speed as you can, and you're ultimately good on the brakes. Um, yeah. Brakes are huge, and there's some guards that are amazing on the brakes or some that are not. Uh, how much of a lift and or a brake is the for turn four? Because I know the downforce cars can pretty much go through there with a slight feather and then straight back on again. What about these Michelin Pilot Challenge cars? Uh, on new tires, um, you know, with the Michelins, it, it was a touch of the brake with the Contis. Um, so I would have to assume the Michelin would be just a lift. Um, and then as the tires get older and older, it becomes more and more of a brake because the tires just get so fatigued. And, and, and is that a balancing on the brake, using your left foot to balance it, or is it full off the throttle in a brake? It's right? just to get that weight onto the front, front end. end. Because, you know, if you don't have the weight on the front end, you lose that contact patch. And it, it just has a really hard time turning, no matter what downforce you have in the car. And, I mean, at the end of the day, these only have so many downforce adjustments because it's not like a GT3 car where you have more available to you. These are resembling the street bodies with, you know, a little bit of wing and a little bit of dive planes. The other corner that anyone who's ever been on this on virtual reality will know about WeatherTech Race, uh, uh, WeatherTech Race, Laguna is turn nine. So you've, you've managed to survive through the corkscrew and, uh, corkscrew and you're coming down. And then you tip it into turn nine, the left-hander, and you think, right, uh, this is... How many times have we run out of room on the exit of that because you get on the power too oh, early? So many times. I mean, I, I keep petitioning for them to widen up the, the right side <laughs> of that road because it's like, man, if I could just do that. <laughs> it, just draw a straight line to, to turn 11 and just go straight across. Absolutely amazing. <laughs> uh, you know, turn turn nine builds up with so many, uh, so many marbles on the on the middle of the corner so to try to make an outside pass is really tough i was talking to john and gavin in the 61 car and we were joking around about that because 
well, they made an outside pass in this morning's practice, and they were like, there's no grip. It's, uh, the car just went on forever. So and that's that's something that they have to work on, too. And that's the beginning of the weekend. It's only going to get worse from there. I'll tell you, the, the corner I struggle with uh, more is probably... And you've rested it recently, actually. haven't you? The end of last year, yeah, tens are one that gets me because you've got the there's a camber there to help you when you get down into that corner at, at the right hander at ten, but you miss that uh, that turning point by a couple of feet, it changes the corner completely, doesn't it? Oh, 100 percent. And and you know everybody looks at that green patch on the on the exit as a good runoff patch, yeah. but it, it used to be astroturf and yeah. it used to just spin the rear tire like crazy if you had an open diff, and you know it they taking the astroturf out really helped you know with the track out limits, but um, it's, it's a tricky it, corner, isn't it? It, it? it might catch a few people out as tires get old, and, you know, going over the track limits, and you'll see warnings on the screen. And if you're good there and you can take a little bit of extra speed and position yourself to the left-hand side, then because turn 11 is so slow, you can you can press the situation there coming into turn 11 and get alongside somebody and say, right, I'm here now, and we're all going down to second, maybe first, if you're two, two by two there. That gives you, if you get a good run through 10, you can get an overtaking maneuver there. Yeah, you always just have to look at, you know, how is that going to cost me? And the guy on the outside can roll more speed and end up getting you back into turn two. So it's one of those things, if you have a, a, an amazing run going through turn 10, you know, you want to take that opportunity. But some, sometimes a lot of guys will wait till after uh, after turn 10 down in turn two and, and they have a better passing opportunity. Great work once again by our track services. Thanks to all of our volunteer marshals as well we're back to green flag tyler cook is in the booth with jeremy sean john hindoff down in the pit lane as we go back to green flag it'll take a couple of laps for people to get back up to speed an opportunity for Shea to talk to one of the drivers who have you got Shea? another tyler tyler mcquarrie or mcdrifty as jeff westfall calls you not the way you want to see your session end obviously especially so early into practice too but it's still friday you're not qualifying and racing until saturday right side yeah, you know, luckily we have some time to fix the car, but this was like our last session to really go out and try some changes that we wanted to do. So that part, we're kind of bummed, uh, but it, I think the hard car just went off in six and came across the track and hit Jeff, so nothing he could really do. But I haven't even seen the car yet, so I'm hoping it's okay and we can fix it tonight. But um, yeah, home race, got the points lead. We don't need anything like this, so not the best way to end Friday from an untrained expert, non-expert eye, I would say, yeah, it is fixable, particularly your crew, and they've been doing such a good job all year. But looking at the, the points race, you talked about it, 24 points for you guys in the 39 Carbon Audi. That's got to be a little bit of bit more comfort for you going into a Friday night. Maybe you'll sleep a little bit better than if it was a one-point advantage. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Like, the bigger point lead, it's almost more pressure to not give it up, you know, than, than to be you know, chasing people or trying to claw back into the championship like we've been doing all year. But, you know, we just we got to stay out of people's problems. And, and, and that's a perfect example how you don't want to get caught up in someone else's mistake. And we've seen the last couple of races where that's happened to our competition. And unfortunately, you know, it's kind of came unraveled. But I think that's a something that we need to take into consideration and 24 points or 25 or whatever it is could go away in a heartbeat and it could literally go away in the last corner you guys haven't always had the fastest car every weekend you did get that win at sebring but you've been on the podium so consistently this year to what do you attribute the success in 2019 that you didn't have last year yeah you know i think we we learned a lot about the car and 
the big change for us has been the preparation. You know, timing out parts a little sooner than you would think and just staying on top of it. And the guys have been awesome. The car has just been prepped so good all year. We've had no issues. And that's allowed us to go out and execute. You know, without that preparation, you can't go execute. So that's been the big telltale marker this year is that preparation. Well, it's part of being a champion, becoming a champion, as you very well know, that sometimes challenges arise and you have to overcome them. This is just one more. Good luck to you and Jeff this weekend getting that hometown win. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, they've just done a fantastic job. I mean, Steve Dynan, who's the principal there at, uh, at Carbine Autosport with Peregrine Racing, I mean, he, he's been around sport a long, long time, huge amount of experience. Uh, in, in all aspects of the sport, uh, but you know this is a second-year program, so they, they, last year was just a learning year. That was that was the whole plan. Um, I'm not sure they really intended to run the championship for the championship this season, mm. but that's that certainly is what they have done. It and it is that consistency. Now, after the first race of the season, they had some problems at Daytona in the first round. Since then, every single race they finish in a top four. Yeah. That is the sort of consistency that you get. To, that's going to win your championships. Luckily. Just the one pole, just the one win but that uh, always running at the sharp end of the field. Uh, and we've talked about them, Jeremy, but we haven't been talking about them doing anything flashy. We haven't been talking about them doing anything silly. We've talked about them because they've been in those top points positions and battling for a podium. And, and almost, actually, in a championship run, that's what you want. You, you yeah. don't want us as the commentators to always be going, oh, that was a fantastic move. Oh, he's gone off. That's not what you want. You want a little line somewhere in the middle of that. You do indeed. And you're always, if you go into the champion, into any championship aiming for top five finishes at every race, you're always going to be in contention at the end of the series. Uh, you don't have to win a race at all. Nine championships out of ten, if you can finish in the top five every single one, you're going to win the championship. Uh, so that's what they, you know, other than Formula One, where there's only five cars running at the front. Uh, but uh, no, seriously, Don't go there. Um, it, it's uh, it, that is the way to win it. And, you know, and they all know that the drivers, you know, they, they, they're well experienced. You know, they, they, they know their craft inside and out. And that's uh, that's what has paid off for them. And we've got Tyler Cook in the booth with us, not racing this weekend because of the demise of the EU reports concern and therefore EU reports racing as well. You've been racing an Audi, so you've been racing, you know, that car. Um, how do, you know, these guys at, at, at uh, Carbon seem to have really got their head around it. Is it a tough car to set up? Is it a car that needs a season to, to get into? Uh, Audi, Audi builds a really good car right out of the box. Um, you know, you only have to make minor tweaks to it to make it fast. That's the good thing about the car. Um, you know, it's the only difference is, you know, the engine sitting in the back versus the front of most cars, um, but the Carbon guys—they're truly a great team. They've been the cars to beat every single, or they've been the car to beat every single race. Um, so they—they just—they have it figured out. They have the car figured out, and you know, I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm rooting for them for the championship. Hopefully, they can get the car back out for uh, for third practice this afternoon. Um, yeah, every practice counts, every lap counts, and they have to make up a little bit of time now. How do you feel as a driver, particularly as a driver who isn't in the car, when something like that? happens it wasn't your teammate's fault he had no part in it. it it happens somebody rejoins or has a moment in front you've got nowhere to go and all of a sudden you've got a bent motor car it it's just it's unfortunate because you know you can't blame either car for it you know the heart the hard car is just trying to find that limit and found it a little too far and, <laughs> and came back on track and and unfortunately collected the 39 so we I mean, hopefully both cars are not in terrible damage they can get them fixed pretty pretty fast um audi has a great support team here 
they have all the parts on the trailer. They they have good uh, good, good people on it. That's a very good point. I mean that that was a great thing with the Audi. You know, they always had the technicians over there. You always got to talk talk to them, and and they always had the answers. So I, I'm confident 39 car will be fixed pretty pretty shortly, as long as there's no frame damage, which I don't think there would be. 73 has pulled a penalty. That's the uh, Mike Lamara Honda Civic ran the red flag. That'll be a five-minute hold. Oops. That will be to the chagrin of Mr. Lamara, but also race control quite rightly, making sure that that's uh, been shown to be not acceptable. Out goes the 84, the Atlanta Speedworks. TCR Honda, that's you can't miss that one. Mid blue and bright yellow. If you're a Michigan supporter, that'll be your car, no doubt about that. And a, a Hyundai 1 2 right now in TCR. Mark Wilkins has just gone to the top in car number 98, championship leader, one minute 33.7. Third this morning, that car is that about the same time or a bit better than he did this morning? Yeah, it was fractionally better than, than his That's best time going. this morning. The fastest time of the class this morning was a 133.2. 298, so call it 133.3. Uh, so uh, now just four tenths away from that, but you know, just fractions away from that car's quickest time of the day. So that indicates that that team, Brown Hood Water Sports, have made improvements there with the Hyundais. Harry Gottsacker in second place of the 124.3. And uh, Julian Vanderwatt in the JDC Miller Motorsports, kind of a 17 up to third fastest in the class, the South African. Uh, a driver last year in, on the road to Indy did a good job in the USF 2000 Championship. And uh, Best his, his, his last race, well, they, they raced at VAR, but started many, many laps behind after a problem on the on the warm-up lap. The, the most recent race he'd done before VAR was the Walter Hayes Trophy at Silverstone, no Formula Ford race, the end of last November. So it had been a long time out of the car. Gabby Chavez has just taken that yes. car out. But they are the best Audi, and that uh, and that was Julian Wandervoort's time. So... Yeah, good spot there by Jeremy. Uh, just going back to what we're talking about with Tyler Cook here in the IMSA Broadcast Centre. When you've got conditions like this and you've done a session in the morning, all right, experienced drivers know this, but how important is it to keep the dialogue going with a lesser experienced driver in a car? And sometimes you have to drive with somebody like me who doesn't drive very often because the danger is that you've got all the information on the steering wheel or on the dashboard in front of you and... Your less experienced drivers drive around going, I was quicker than this this morning. I must be doing something wrong. And then the temptation is to try too hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, this track, you know, it, it sucks you in. It, it makes you overdrive. And, uh, you know, what, what I learned every every year of race here is, you know, turn three is a, huge, a great example for it. Yes. When you feel like you went through turn three too slow, that's going to be your fastest lap, typically. <laughs> it's it's one of the weirdest tracks where the yeah. slower you feel, the faster you're going to go. Um, this This track invites you over driving it but actually you know it doesn't reward you it it punishes you for it and, and here especially all right any racing track if you go off the track normally you get punished in europe we'll put that aside about how much tarmac runoff hard standing run somewhere like vir you drop a, a wheel off onto the grass all right it's going to cost you here potentially it could end your session because you'll get stuck in the gravel yeah you have, you have gravel you have sand as well and you know it typically you don't want to go off here it, it ends in tears especially with the splitters and things like that you know a splitter digs in and, and it rips off from under the car you know that's first off a, a heavy damage item um a very pricey damage item and uh, second off it's just it, it you lose the front end grip of the car you lose a big downforce piece 
Um, so you want to avoid going off at all costs, but you know it, it's a part of racing. Uh, unfortunately, with racing, we have offs, and you know people have to bounce back from it. And I mean, crews work really hard with it too. You see crews working all night on cars to make sure they're just perfect, and they they don't sometimes get the notice they need to. So everybody, if you see a crew guy, give them a pat on the back. They're typically doing a hard job. Yeah, that's right. The crew guys and the marshals. We couldn't go racing without them, and they're far too easy to over. Look, top two are in the pit lane, the number seven Porsche 718. Kerman, that is the, in fact, just going back out again now. Uh, Trent Hinman set that car up for Alan Brynjolfsson, who is taking that car out. Uh, Jeff Westfall, Renault is in the pit lane. In fact, that car's gone behind the wall, the number 39 car on the dark grey and green Audi. Then it's the... Mark Ramsey, number 92. That's the dark... Well, is it still dark red? I think it is. I saw it this yesterday. The sort of dark red maroon. Uh, fairly standard looking. Doesn't have a lot of uh, of decals on that car. The 92 Mercedes AMG GT4. Alexander Premat, the experience in that car. And Sheer Adam is watching a race of a rather strange kind down in Putlu. It's four mechanics versus four mechanics, John. Very tense as one is coming from the north, the other coming from the south. Who's going to get to the cut in the wall first? <laughs> it's the 75 McLaren that makes it back first and then closely followed by the 60 Mustang as both crews were hurrying to try and push their car behind the wall before the other crew could get there. It's interesting to see so many cars just going back with no damage on them and they're just bailing out of the session. That is odd, isn't it? With uh, there's still 14 minutes to go in this session, and the number 60 car, that's of course a winner last time out at VIR. Kyle Marcelli and uh, Nate Sato. I saw Nate walking towards the pit lane in his civvies, so Kyle was certainly planning on doing all of this session. But in in this afternoon practice, his best time of 134.4. That's three seconds off the front running pace, and that finds himself in the 19th position in GS and. Uh, 24th overall, so that certainly wasn't isn't what that team had in mind coming into this afternoon session. No, not at all. I can only presume that people are thinking I'm not going to learn anything more, and risk versus rewards. Tyler yeah, Cook but is you, that you know? Do you, we? You're racing this kind of right on day, this time, aren't we? Right on this time. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, there's there there's certain cars that have uh, have the pace here. Um, you know, it seems like the rear engine, center engine cars like the Porsche, the R8. Seems like this is even the McLaren. It seems like this is more of a track that suits them. Uh, you know, driving the BMW last year, racing the Mustangs here, it, <laughs> we were battling it out like we were going for P1, but we were going for P11. It's just, um, it's, uh, it's, it's just not a, it's not a track that suits certain cars. And if they feel like they got all they could out of the car, then they just bring it back, you know, take it apart, see what, see what needs to get fixed, see what needs to get worked on, and get ready for the next session. Yeah, and certainly you know, tire wear is is definitely a factor here. I just spoke, spoke to Trent Hinman uh, right before the start, and uh, you know tire wear and tire degradation is an issue in in both the Acura he's driving, and he actually said particularly in the Acura he's driving, but also in the uh, Pilot Challenge as well, the Porsche that he's driving this this in this series, in which he has set the fastest time this afternoon. Just saw going past us the number 35 AM. GT4, which must be a little bit further down the times, in sort of faded purple and silver. Looks pretty good uh, out there at the moment. Where's that car then? Where's that car? Right down here. Oh, there you go. Yes. Uh, 
sitting down in 20th position in class, 20th overall. So that's why I couldn't find it. It's not in the top 16, which are all GS cars. But I think just underlining, Jeremy, how difficult it is to get the car dialed in. And, you know, we've heard Tyler talk about it. We've heard other people talk about it. It's so easy to start chasing things and never actually catch up with the track. Mm. And, and, you know, what you don't want to be doing is going into race day on Saturday and still not having in your head, Tyler, where you want the car to be. Because at that point, you've got to have a plan and you've got to have something you can work with. Yeah, I mean, you do the best you can to, to have a perfect race car. But at the, end, at the end of the day, there's no such thing as a perfect race car. <laughs> unfortunately that's the cold hard reality of it um you know there's sometimes cards you have been dealt is just not a great race car for the circumstances and you have to make the best of it you can you know every every driver out there's had to deal with it and some of the guys can pull off a top five out of it some of the guys can pull off a top 15. um you just have to make the best out of it you can and you know at this point in the season you kind of know where you're sitting in points and you know what you're fighting for but you know the top guys i know uh, the 56 uh the mustang 82 car and the 69 McLaren are all fighting for second to fourth or fifth on the uh, points battle. So, you know, they, they all have a, a race they want to win. And, you know, like uh, Tyler said, nobody's really out of the lead of the points yet. You know, they have a good gap, but you never know what can actually happen. And it's racing. <laughs> racing has an open-ended story at all times. It does, doesn't it? You just look at the, the MIA McLaren team. I mean, they've been fast at all the races this season. We just had absolutely no racing good luck whatsoever just it strikes it strikes me that anything that can go wrong has gone wrong and uh, but they're still second in the points uh and uh, you know not counting themselves out by any means so uh, it's a 24 point deficit but that can very easily be made up in this championship particularly with so many cars that are running yeah i agree and and the jesse and Corey are two great drivers they they know how to adapt to pressure and they know how to perform the best of their ability um, the team seems like they've given them a great car every race yeah. weekend. So, you know, it's it's been just a string of bad luck for them, and and hopefully this weekend they can have a have a little bit of a string of good luck and and uh, take the take the fight to the 39 car for the final round of the season. The uh, voice of Tyler Cook, who's in the IMSA broadcast center with Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindoffshire. Adam is down in the pit lane as we're under 10 minutes to go in free practice two of the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge here at the WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Circuit. We're under pretty much clear blue skies, tiny, tiny bit of cirrus cloud in the higher atmosphere, but not even enough to cast a shadow across the sun at the moment. So temperatures very warm indeed. The... For those of you back in Europe at the moment, what's coming up to 11 o'clock UK, coming up to midnight in Central Europe. Temperatures have been falling just a little bit over the last few days. Well, it's absolutely gorgeous here. Sorry, I'm not endearing myself to you there at all. I'm like, for those of you here at the track, make sure you get a bit of shade here and there. And uh, make sure you keep drinking water. I know it's very tempting to sit by a racetrack and uh, enjoy more adult beverages, but take a bit of water with it. Keep yourself hydrated this afternoon. And uh, as I say, we're inside the last 10 minutes. Just to get lap times in TCR, John, and uh, the uh, Michael Lewis, Mark Wilkins championship leading Hyundai, car number 98. Got a pretty good margin 
over the rest of the field, a half a second over their teammates in second place. But from then, the number 21 car on back to the uh, eighth place car. Yeah, eighth place car is about three tenths of a second. So super tight between seven cars there. Really, really tight. Plus with a couple of GS cars thrown in the middle there as well. So uh, it's very, very competitive in that TCR category. And it doesn't get any less competitive. Just because you're leading the championship doesn't mean you can sit back on your laurels. Spark Wilkins, hello. Uh, you had a very long debrief when you got out of the 98 Hyundai. Clearly, you guys are looking for a little bit more speed, even though you're clear and above the rest of the field. Yeah, you know, this uh, Hyundai Veloster and uh, TCR is just awesome. And, you know, so again, another great handling track here. And uh, we've been working hard uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, in the test, Michael's doing a great job, as is Harry and Mason. Um, you know, we're at two races to go. We got to push, and uh, I think it's going to be tough. It's going to be about tire tire management here big time, and, uh, you know, we'll see where everyone truly is uh, when we get to qualifying, I suppose, tomorrow. Now, your passport's been a little bit busy, has it not? I saw you over at the Nürburgring taking some beautiful scenic shots with guys from the other car. Yeah, Mason and I thought it would be fun to go over there and spend a few laps on the ring, and uh, that's such a fantastic circuit. And I, I was there about 10 years ago. Mason had never been, and it's always an eye-opener. Um, I think you could, you know, go there uh, constantly and not and, and still learn something every time. I mean, it's just such a technical place. Uh, so, yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was a great trip, and uh, we're happy to be back at the track in our, uh, in our race car here. What's it like when he's in the car chasing you guys for this championship? Does that change the dynamic at all within the team? No, not at all. You know, we've, we've always been a team of four drivers this year. And I think that, uh, you know, we just work so well together. And we're always working to try to get both cars to the front and, and get the maximum points for Hyundai here. I mean, manufacturers. So we're always thinking about that. But, uh, you know, they're great young talent. And, you know, Michael, they're keeping Michael and I on our toes. So we're pushing hard. We, we, we'd love to win it. Uh, but they're doing a great job and have been really strong. Good luck this weekend. Thank you very much. Great stuff. And uh, at, at that, Brian Hurdle was put to you. They've got one of the best engineers in the business there. John Ward is the uh, is the uh, chief technical guy there at Brian Hurdle Autosport. And yeah, he's, if you're not, not familiar with John Ward, uh, you will be if you think of some of the cars he's de designed over the years. He was Dan Gurney, All-American Racer Chief uh, Technical Director for, for many, many years. He designed many of their classic cars, including... Uh, Indy cars and the and the Eagle Mark III Toyota in, in IMSA competition. Just a, a really, really good guy. And he knows there's, there's nothing that there really is nothing that John Ward doesn't know about engineering cars. And that includes uh, providing a setup for the drivers to look after the tires as best as possible. Getting down to under five minutes now. And it's still the number seven Porsche 718. Kierman GT4, Trent Hinman put the time in, 131.526, 131.850 for Jeff Westfall in the Carbon Autosport Audi, the 39 car back behind the wall, though, after coming together between that and the Hart Honda, the red, white and black Honda TCR. Back this weekend, for those that don't know, the Honda America Racing Team is... A works team in that everyone who looks after that car all works for Honda and all work in the same plant. And that means they have to take annual leave to go racing. And we missed them at the last race at VIR because they had things to do at work. Literally, they were a bit too busy. They are, they're 
uh, effectively share the ID, the factory team, aren't they? Yeah, because their paychecks come from yes. the factory. <laughs> and they were a bit busy. Which they then spend on their rhetoric. Exactly. Yes, exactly right, yes. It's full circle. Uh, it's, it's a... Yeah, and the other issue, of course, they, they, had, they were repairing a car also from that was that had been damaged uh, the week before. That was a factor in it as well. But uh, it, that, that whole team is a great story all the way around. And they just do a phenomenal job. And it's great to see them back again here this weekend. For those who follow some of our European coverage, think Synchro Racing. They're the guys that do that from Swindon. Uh, the Honda plant that's going to close down, unfortunately, uh, shortly. They build the Civic, actually, to come here to the States. Uh, and when that contract comes to an end to build the the Civic, the, those guys, the whole plant is uh, are out of a job, is out of a job. Uh, we're not sure what the future for the, the Synchro Racing team is, but we pass, pass on our best wishes to that. Same sort of thing, all those engineers, the production engineers, development engineers that work at the facility, in this case... Uh, for for Hart, Jeremy, it's the, it's the Mar- Marysville, Marysville, yeah, yes, Ohio, yeah. yeah, Ohio plant that the all of the the team come from. Good to see them back. An immaculately turned out car as ever. Just getting a little bit of remedial work put in. Still the two Hyundai's that lead in TCR. Mikey Lewis out in the 98 car at the moment. Although their team car, the Black 21, is in the pits at the moment. As is. The 17 Audi, Gabby Chavez has been out. In fact, both drivers have been out uh, in that car, but they've parked it for the time being. The first of three Audis from second down to fourth position, uh, from third down to fifth position, should I say, separated, Jeremy, by uh, actually barely measurable distances of time. Yeah, it is. It's super tight. Uh, big improvement there for Spencer Pompelli. He's uh, taken over number 18 more speed Audi from uh, Rob Ferriol, who drove the opening part of the session, and uh, Spencer has vaulted his way all the way up into third position now. So right behind Jeff Westfall, uh, that's uh, also an Audi, of course. So it's the Porsche of uh, the time set by Trent Hinman that still leads away in this session with a minute and a half remaining, 131.5. Uh, 131.8 for Westfall. That's the car that's all, all gone behind the wall after the incident at turn six with the Hart car earlier. And now up into third place, the more speed Audi. Spencer Pompelli in colour 18 at 131.9. And just on a minute and 15 seconds still to go. Here at the circuit, thank you for joining us. Big weekend, big week of racing for WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca with IndyCar uh, setting up from Monday afternoon, or Monday during the day, actually. So it's a pretty quick turnaround for the circuit and the IMSA teams needing to get themselves packed up and away to get themselves either back to base or across country for the Matul Patila Mon at the newly named Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta. And I am told that the new Michelin Tower at the final corner is ready to be handed over. And we get the very great honour of being the first live broadcast from there. That's a couple of important structures that we have had the honour of cutting the tape in terms of broadcasts on. We uh, did the Daytona Rising, the new stand at uh, Daytona, a couple of three years ago now. We were the first live broadcast from that phenomenal structure. And whilst the Michelin Tower at Road Atlanta is not on the same scale as that, it's still a very important development for that circuit. And can't wait to get down there in a couple of weeks' time and, and have a look. Jeremy and Shea will be broadcasting 
from there on uh, Wednesday afternoon of race week. We'll be up in Atlanta for a special midweek motorsport uh, from a, a special location in Atlanta. And indeed, next week's midweek motorsport has an Atlanta feel about it as well. More details about that on Wednesday evening. That's three o'clock Eastern noon here Pacific uh, on Wednesday coming. Checkered flag is out, Jeremy. It is a no change at the top. So it's the Trent Hinman, Alan Brin Yolson, Volt Racing Porsche for a 17.18 Cayman GT4 that leads away, 131.526. That's about a half a second down on the fastest time this morning that was set by Spencer Pelli in the number 18 Moorspeed Audi. But Audi's in second and third place this afternoon. Jeff Westfall in car number 39. Spencer Pompelli in number 18 in third. And then Alex Prema in the Mercedes AMG, car number 92. Welcome back to Ramsey Racing. Good effort for the Frenchman. Right in front of us, Aston Martin, which is very unhappy. This is the white car, which is the 0-9 machine. Uh, Amel Rabindra was taking that car out, and it's dropped quite a lot of what I would say is essential fluid. It was leaking up the pit lane. She could see it from the pit box, and it got just beyond us on the pit lane. And then it, uh, it has expired. Shea, did you or did you not do a Bradley and see what, to, to test to see what the fluid was? I did. Okay. Um, it is a pink fluid in color. Um, it smells sort of neutral and it's not fuel, it's not oil, it's nothing of that sort. So it's coolant. It's coolant. Yeah. And um, yeah, a lot of it was coming out. And the bad news is that the smoke has gone down quite a bit, but the flood of water continues or, right. or coolant as it is. So that is 109 engine that might be needing a new replacement. It, it, it's kind of sad, John. It almost looks like it's bleeding down the pit lane. Yeah, it looks exactly uh, like that. And on the checkered flag lap on the cooling down lap, I did see somebody, all four Michelin's on the dirt at the exit of turn six, just underlying what we were talking about early on. Tyler Cook has been with us uh, for this session. Thank you, Tyler. Best of luck in finding a drive either for the rest of this season, but certainly for for next. And knocking on some doors. Of course, you know, doing doing the best we doing the best I can. Um, just you know, being optimistic, hoping for the best. Good. Well, you know, you're welcome here. Oh, thanks for having me on we, board, guys. Don't take this the wrong way, but we'd much rather you weren't here and that you were actually doing what we would call your day job. But take, yeah. take that in the right way, won't you? Oh, I totally understand that. I, I wish I was out there, but you know what? Can enjoy the weekend the best I can and uh, meet new people and, and keep contacts flowing. Good luck, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming to see us. Real good insight, really good insight from Tyler during that session. So a couple of problems then. Championship leading Audi with issues, contact, not of its own making, back behind the wall, and then the 0-9 car at the end with a coolant leak, which may pr prove to be even more serious than just topping up the radiator. We'll get some word on that. Also, the Hart Honda as well, of course, that was the starting point of that incident for the Carbon Audi, the championship-leading 39 car. Jeff Westfall still finishes the, second, the session, by the way, in second place, having set that best lap relatively early on. And the Spencer Pompelli number 18 car coming up very close to the end there. Their best lap on lap 21 of 23. But for the most part, best laps set early on. Shea Adam was in the pit lane. Jeremy Shaw was here with me in the booth. Thank you for being with us and stay tuned to IMSA Radio. We're live 
trackside here at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.